Listen, man. Tonight is the night to make a name for yourself. Hell oh, yeah! If you ain't out here to play hard, if you ain't out here to hit somebody in their mouth, again! And again! And again! And again! Hit somebody in the mouth! It's time to get out here! Make it count! East Coast Wings Kernersville proudly presents The Nest with head coach Todd Willard. Hosted by Rod Thunderbird. The Nest is brought to you by East Coast Wings Kernersville, Kevin Bug State Farm Insurance, The Collegiate Store, Cindy Swain Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and Haveline Express Lube Kernersville. Here's your host, Rod Thunderbird. Welcome, everyone, to the second edition of our inaugural season of The Nest with head coach of the East Forsyth Fighting Eagles, Coach Todd Willard. We're here in Kernersville, North Carolina, also known as K-Vegas, and we are sitting at East Coast Wings right off Main Street. We want to give a huge thanks to East Coast Wings for their hospitality and taking care of us tonight. East Coast Wings is our title sponsor for our entire 2019 East Forsyth football season. And we would also like to take this time to recognize our other sponsors in addition to East Coast Wings. Those sponsors do include Kevin Bug of State Farm Insurance, The Collegiate Shop, Haveline Express Lube, and Cindy Swain of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And I am Rod Funderburk, and I'm sitting here with head coach slash rock star Todd Willard. <laughs> coach, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, just getting off the practice field. Just feel good after completing two games, uh, winning both games, you know, but now uh, the grind never stops, and now we're moving forward to uh, playing Mount Tabor. So, you know, just, just grinding away. Nothing wrong with that, and that's what it's all about, especially when you're talking about August and then heading into September, yep. playing football, yeah. grind time. N nothing better than fall football season, man. Yes, Love sir. it. Yes, sir. Coach, who you got with you today? Looks like you brought someone with you. I did. I brought uh, our running back, Monty Marshall. Um, had a great game for us. He was uh, named our silver brick uh, winner this week. Um, that means kind of the MVP. And uh, he rushed for 181 yards on like 22 carries. A little bit over seven yards. You can win a lot of games when somebody's carrying the ball seven time, or seven yards a carry. Yes, you can. Um, scored a couple touchdowns. Um, you know, and like I said, we, we, we challenged him. We thought, uh, in a way, I, I, I'll be honest, I called him kind of soft. I said I thought he ran soft his first game, and uh, I guess I need to tell him he ran soft this past week, too, because he came out just running over people, and uh, it was good to see the old Imani back. Well, Coach, if that's running soft, I'd hate to see what running hard is. Good Lord of mercy. I was even terrified with some of those runs that he had. I was like, how can some of those DBs even think about getting in his way to try and make a tackle? I think some of them, if you saw, some of them were thinking about oh, it. Oh, yes, sir. They were trying to make some decisions. Do I want to make it to class on Monday or not? Or Tuesday in this case, because I think they were off on Monday. Well, Coach, you guys are starting off 2-0. Uh, and and I know you're looking for a 3-0 and start this upcoming Friday as you head into playing Mount Tabor High School. And uh, before we get into you guys playing Mount Tabor High School in your matchup there, I'd like to talk about, you know, the big win that you had over mm -hmm. Southwest Guilford, the Cowboys, on Friday. And you guys won that game by a score of 49-13. to And um, 
I'd like to give you a few stats here, okay. if yep. you don't mind. Sure. Uh, your total plays that you guys ran was 68 total plays. Total plays by Southwest Guilford was 40. You guys had 24 first downs, and Southwest Guilford had seven first downs. I mean, you guys had more than three times the amount of first downs that Southwest Guilford had. So when you hear stats like that, what comes to mind as far as the program that you've built as well as the players who participate in this awesome program that you have? What comes to mind? Yeah, you know, it was it's, it's ball control. Um, from the, the week before at ACR, it was kind of flipped. They, they had like 70 plays to our 40, and we really knew we needed to kind of change that. And teams try to keep our offense off the field because we are pretty explosive. Um, but we, our defense coaches wanted, they said, hey, we don't mind playing a lot of snaps, but if you could kind of maybe <laughs> give us a little bit of a break. So we, we did. And then, then, of course, now the defense guys are complaining because they don't get all the stats. Now they're only getting like six or seven <laughs> tackles instead of 15 or 20. But, uh, you know, it's just it's, it shows us that we're physical. That's the one thing I wanted to bring when I came here. 17 years ago is bring a physical brand of football and we want to run the ball we want to win in the trenches and right now I think our offensive line and our D line are really two strengths strengths of our team and uh, you know that's all that old Wisconsin football I've brought down here and and when you have big running backs like uh, Amani it fits in really easy definitely definitely coach now you mentioned the Wisconsin attack and the Wisconsin mentality. Now, Coach, I don't know you that well. So let me ask you this. Are you from Wisconsin? Is that what you're telling me? Is I that am. what I'm hearing? I'm originally from uh, Wisconsin, uh, northwest Wisconsin. Uh, it's called St. Croix Central High School. Hammond's my hometown. You, Nobody would know where it is. It's off 94. That's about all. Interstate 94, people know. Okay. Um, we still no stoplights. Uh, no grocery stores, no fast food, no nothing in the town. But, boy, they love football up there. I heard that. Yeah, big football area up that way. Yeah. And I don't blame them one bit. <laughs> nothing else to do, so you got to do football. <laughs> so. I heard that. Coach, you mentioned something about being physical. And those who, you know, know anything about football and those who are trying to learn football understand that it works when the trenches are ready to go. And In other words, the big uglies, the big nasties, the big boys – in the middle who are down getting heavy and nasty down there when those guys are playing well you can just about do anything that you want what kind of regiment do you take those those offensive and defensive linemen through during the week during practice you know a lot of it uh falls on uh, coach gill and uh coach lakers coach lakers my old line coach go coach gills my uh, d-line coach and they kind of do a lot of it's the off season you know a mm -hmm. lot of the things they got to do off season um, but, you know, they just install a sense of pride, too, right. you know, about being those big nasty guys, yes, you know, and it's just a different mentality. And I think Amani will be the first one to tell you how much he appreciates that he has that old line and, and grumpy old Lycus, uh He's back coaching with me this year. He, he'd been <laughs> coaching for a while with me, and uh, he's come back and brought back a great attitude to the old line, uh, um, just some of that nastiness. And it, it's just – it's fun to see the kids do that because a lot of time the O-line and D-line don't get the credit that all the, That's right. the superstars like Amani get, you know. So it's, a, it's always good uh, to see those guys do well. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Coach, you guys are doing a good job over there with the line. And I'm going to turn to Amani right quick. Now, Amani, you're probably going to have to correct me if I'm wrong because I was taking my own stats, and I'm not a statistician, all right? So Friday at the game, your stats for the Southwest Guilford game 
um, came out to where you had 22 carries. It also said that you had 181 yards rushing. Now, according to Max Preps, it said you had two touchdowns. I was under the impression you had three touchdowns. Am I wrong? Talk to me about that. You had two touchdowns. All right. Well, listen, with a game with 181 yards, there are guys in the NFL in college that don't have 181 yards rushing in one game. Talk to me about what went through your mind when you found out you had 181 yards rushing. What what went through your mind? (laughs) I honestly didn't realize it, but – you know, I watched the film, and then I was like, oh, I did have 181 yards. But, you know, I just came out ready to play, and, you know, my O-line did a phenomenal job, and, you know, we just got the job done. They did. They did. Your O-line did a great job. I think it was in you guys' first possession. I want to say you capped off maybe a 31-yard run or something like that, yes, uh, somewhere in that area. Tell me about that play. When It looked like from upstairs, I was Desmond and I were streaming the game and we were broadcasting it, and it looked like it could have been a guard trap or a tackle trap, I'm not sure, maybe even a cross block up front, I'm not sure. But it seemed like a hole opened up where I thought Moses was down there opening the Red Sea. <laughs> and, I mean, you bust through that line. I told Dez, I said, Dez, I think I may have could have made a run like that. I said, Amani makes me want to run the ball. And I ain't never played running back a day in my life. Tell me about that play a little bit from, from beginning when the cadence was being called from the time the ball was snapped and it went in your hands. I mean, I already saw uh, my pre-read. I was like, this is going to be a run for some run for a game. You know, I saw the saw the big hole, and I just took Rams daylight. Good deal. Well, nothing wrong with that. And um, the, now, the, we, we, the funny part you said. So when I on, I guess it was Saturday morning, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, he actually texts me, and he goes, Coach, did I really have 181? That's why I was <laughs> laughing when you asked him because he really didn't. He's that humble of a kid. He had no idea. I mean, his first two runs, I think, were 31 and 25 or 31 and 26. Or yeah, it was. Like it, I mean, he had some tremendous runs. And, and even when you guys were running the ball, I think you may have thrown a few times in the, in the second quarter, end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And I said, Dez, I said, I know it's hard for Coach Willard to throw the ball. I said, because when, when you're picking up and averaging about eight yards a carry, yep. I said, how do you not run the ball every single play? And we just laughed and we thought about that. And we said, Coach Willard is having a hard time, I'm sure. So with that being said, Coach, let me ask you this. I know you tried to pass the ball and and make sure your quarterback, Lyles, and your receivers got some work because you've got a new crop of receivers that have come up this year. How difficult was it to balance the run game as well as the pass game so that you just weren't completely one-sided? How, talk to me about that. How difficult was that? And, and Coach Horton and I, Coach Horton's my offense coordinator, and that's kind of what he did. He was trying to kind of still throw the ball just because you, you do want to work on it, um, you know, because we, we're going to have to be able to throw the ball this year, and we will be able to throw the ball. It's just different, like you said, the rhythm, having three new receivers out there. It's a little different for Ty. But, you know, the, the good thing is he's got four running backs back there that can, can tote it for him uh, if need to be. But you, you're exactly right. It, it's hard sometimes to drop back there and throw the ball when you get seven, eight yards a clip. Yes, it is. And that's all I talked to Dez about. I said, Dez, it'd be hard for me not to run the big fella. And, Monty, that's what I referred to you as the big fella back there. <laughs> now, Coach, I know you guys, this is only the second game. And I know, you know, it's – Great feeling getting off to a great start here. Um, but how do you see your players that are coming up here? You've, you've lost some some seniors last year, 
and you have some guys coming up. Um, you know, you have players that are starting, and then you have players, I'm sure, that you're probably going to rotate in and out. How do you anticipate developing more players on the squad to come in and contribute um, as the season goes on? And I'm sure there are some players who you, you're thinking are going to play a little bit now, and they'll progress along the season. Yep. How do you anticipate that going? Yeah, well, that's it's kind of our mentality. We have the mentality that uh, our our ones and twos can play anywhere. Um, we, we really do tell our guys, our twos, you, you're probably starters on most teams. And our mentality is um, next man up. And we expect if you're a backup that you're supposed to play like a one. Um, so we get a lot of guys to understand that mental rep. If, you know, the guy, there's, there's always competition in practice. And I think that's what helps us a lot too. And it helps the younger guys understand, you know, kind of the pressure of playing and all that. And these older guys, they, we, we got two really good run, young running backs coming up that are learning from these four. I mean, I'm going to graduate four dudes now, but we got two young running backs coming up, and Imani's done a great job of, of teaching these young guys how to do it. And, and we put a lot on the, um, the older guys to teach younger guys, you know, because – Kids these days, it's not about the coaching so much right. anymore. They want to learn from their peers. And, and Imani and the, the older guys do a great job of uh, teaching those younger guys. Good deal. Now, with that being said, Imani, you, you, you as, a, as a teacher out there, what are some of the things that you are, are teaching these guys or showing them, the younger ones, as they come up? I mean, just this morning, I was uh, I took my one of the, the freshman quarterback. Me and him, we went and lifted this morning. But you know, I just tell him all the time that you know it's important. I mean, you got dreams, but they ain't you can't do nothing with your dreams if you don't work for it. So, you know, I just try to lead by example, show them that you have to work hard to get what you want. And you know, they understand that. You know, I think they're gonna run with it. Good deal. Well, you know, working hard is very important. And I'm glad you brought up working hard because as the game progressed, what I saw was the Southwest Guilford Cowboys. You know, I saw I began to see some uh, hands on the on the on the waist and they were breathing a little heavy. And and it seemed like the more the game progressed on you, the rest of the running back crew, the offensive line, defensive line, it was like you guys weren't winded at all. Matter of fact, it was like you guys were just getting started. Tell me, I'm sure a lot of this, uh, you know, being prepared for game time usually comes during the offseason. Talk to me about what you do during the off season in order to prepare and don't skip anything. Cause remember, I know your dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, we'll have the uh, I have my school workout with the team, and then you know they work us out hard enough. But you know, random like it would just be random. My dad will my dad give me a call, tell me to come to the gym, meet him at the gym, or meet him at the track or the field. So that that's just how my summers went. Yeah. So you, you spent all summer long making sure you were staying in shape. And I tell you what, it looked like it on Friday night. I mean, it looked like you guys were the superior athletes. There was one time, Coach, uh, actually it was at the beginning of the game, before the game started, and I saw Southwest Guilford come out. And I said, wow, I said, those are some big guys. And I said, he's for Scythe. I said, they might have a game tonight. I said, they, they really might have a game. And I tell you, when, when uh, I saw the, their second drive, and they did the trick play. Believe it or not, when they did that trick play, Coach, I told Desmond then, I said, Desmond, the game's over with. I said, East Forsyth has won this game. And Des will tell you, I said, anytime you start pulling out trick plays that early, yeah. <laughs> I said, it's over with, yeah. man. It, so, Coach, what was going through your mind when they tried to run that trick play? What were you thinking? You know, you guys you guys might need to come coach with me because you're all <laughs> on the same level as me because, you know, so you're upset because you blow coverage. And what I tell, this is why I used to be a defense coordinator. I'm glad I'm not a defense guy because 
they had 10 guys did the right thing. We had one guy screw up on that play, and that was obviously the corner. And, uh, you know, if it was probably later on in the game, I would have probably been upset. But I'm, you're right. And when you're, when you're bringing out trick plays right away, I told the defense coordinator and the, the defense staff said, calm down. I said, I, you know, not to be cocky or anything, but when they're bringing them out that early, you know that they feel themselves that they can't stick in it a whole game, and that's kind of was our mentality. I said we just got to wear them down, wear them down, because they did. Now they they look good, and they, they they're a good team. There's no mm-hmm. doubt, and they have some great players out there. But uh, once again, I, I just really think our off-season program is what makes us go. I mean, we just wear people out, wear people out. And by that third, fourth quarter, we're just leaning on you. Oh, yeah, and I, and I could see that, and you guys did a great job of that. And let me ask you this. The halftime score was 28-7. to 7. Yep. Now, when you go in halftime 28-7, to 7, how do you keep your guys motivated to come back out and act like it's 0-0? Because when you just whip somebody pretty much the whole first half and had your way with them, you know, it's kind of hard, I would think, <laughs> for the players to say, oh, you know, these guys are still matching us and, and they're still a worthy opponent, although they were. But, you know, how do you keep – their spirits up and keep them motivated um i think Amani could probably tell you this but it, it, we could be beating someone 70 to nothing at halftime and these kids know i'm not happy my coaches know i'm not happy it's just one of those things that uh, until the last second mm-hmm. ticks out we've been beat way too many times at the end the mallard creek game still comes back and haunts me all the time that um, we just we go in there. I don't actually talk much at halftime. My coordinators do all the talking. Right. Um, I tell the guys when it's time to go. But it, it's great because nothing really needs to be said. It's kind of been passed down, and and I think Amani would yes, write. Yes, you know, everybody just kind of knows it's it's not over until it's over, and I don't care what the score is. Uh, we treat it like it's zero zero, and we're going out. Um, and the and the guys, you, you'd be surprised that the focus is there. It's my, my, my offense and defensive coaches do a great job of keeping guys. I went in the, I, Monty didn't go in there. We went in the defensive room. Coach Jones and Coach Bill, they're, they're in there. You'd think we were losing by 28 points. So, I mean, it's, it's great, man. Coach, I could imagine you in the locker room saying, yeah, the score is 28 to 7, but that's seven doggone points too many. <laughs> and I'm sure you probably wouldn't use doggone either, but we'll leave it at that, Coach. <laughs> like I said, you guys know me way too well. <laughs> oh, well, Coach, we're learning. We're definitely learning you. Now, Coach, coming up this week, you guys have an opponent, the Mount Tabor Spartans. Yep. There's not a lot of information out there about the Spartans, uh, at least that I could come up with. I know that their coach is Coach Brown. Yep. Uh, I know that they did really well last last year. I think they won their conference, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I believe they won uh, their conference. Yep. Um, they are 3A school. It's on the other side of Winston-Salem, and they're coming off their first win this past week from the Glenn Bobcats, where they won 6 to nothing. So they were able to shut Glenn out. But in their first game, of course, they fell, you know, to Reagan by a score of 14 to 7. And, of course, all those points were scored in the fourth quarter. So it sounds like to me, you know, even when I take a look at that, Mount Tabor could possibly have a pretty decent defense this mm-hmm. season. Uh, what can you tell us about Coach Brown, the Spartan program, and what you expect to see from the Mount Tabor Spartans this yeah, week? Yeah, Coach Brown, Ty, Ty's come in and done a great job over at Mount Tabor. He turned it around. I think uh, – I think they got beat in the fourth round last year, if I'm not mistaken, in the playoffs. Um, a dynamite team uh, last year. 
And right now, there's no doubt their defense is their strength. Their, their defense is really good. Um, they got some issues on offense that I'm sure coach is going to get worked out. They kind of had some issues on offense last year early, right. and Coach Brown got it worked out. I hope uh, he doesn't have it worked out yet. You know, I hope gotcha. he waits till right, week right. four or five <laughs> or six. But uh, their defense is no doubt um, one of their strengths. They got a lot of guys back from last year's team. They're, I think three of their four D linemen are back from last year. So um, no doubt uh, we're going to have to find some ways to, to score. And uh, defensively, we just can't give up a big play. Got you. I did have an opportunity to take a look at their roster, and they have about 19 seniors on the roster. I can't say that all 19 seniors are starting. But, Amani, with 19 seniors on the team, I'm sure these guys are practicing well. I'm sure they have some good leadership, same type of leaders as yourself and some of the other guys on the team. Um, what do you expect uh, to happen this coming Friday uh, with Mount Tabor? Has it uh, relates to – the offense and, and your running game and your running style, what do you expect this coming Friday? Uh, I expect uh, Mount Tabor to come out aggressive, you know, first first half, you know. You know, I got confidence in my guys, you know, get the job done. Well, good deal. Well, I believe that your guys are not going to let you down. I, I definitely believe that. And besides, man, you're a pretty big fella. I'd hate to have to deal with you if I didn't play the, the way that you wanted me to play. I'll tell you that. Now, I'll tell you what. When you're talking about dealing with a team with, like Mount Tabor, you guys kind of have the same type of experience. For the last couple of years, you know, Mount Tabor's gone pretty deep into the into playoffs as, as, as you guys have as well. And as you think about it, you know, if you play 15, 14 games in the last two seasons, Coach, that's like playing three regular seasons in two years. Yep. Uh, so when you're talking about playing those type of games, there's a lot of experience on both sides of the ball. So do you expect this game to come down more to coaching or the talent on the field, and why? Well, it, it, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to the, the players. I mean, like I said, if some some coaches on Fridays, they, they kind of get in the way. I, if you don't have the stuff in by Friday, it's too late as a coach. It's, it's on the players at that time. And, and one thing we told, uh, and Amani will kind of be, or yeah, Amani will be like this probably next year, hopefully, <laughs> but um, Khalid Martin, who started as a freshman, we told him as a varsity played four years as a varsity guy, he actually played 13 extra games. So basically played a whole nother season of football. Oh, yeah. You know, and Imani's going to have all those extra reps and stuff too. Imani will be that guy because he was traveling with us as a freshman and doing things. So you get all those extra reps, that, that helps a lot. Well, Coach, I'll tell you what, I am going to be at that game. I believe Dez is going to be there too. We're going to be over at Mount Tabor with you guys. We should be streaming that game. So I want to say the best of luck to you, Coach, the best of luck to you, Amani, and the rest of your guys, and I know you're going to make us proud. I'm not worried about that at yes, all. Yes, but I do want to switch the subject a little bit, and I want to talk uh, somewhat about a little college football, Amani, and, and this one's going to you first, my friend. Okay. As you have heard, I'm sure you've heard, Mac Brown is back in Chapel Hill. I'm sure you have heard that. And he led Carolina to their season opener win against the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, Amani, you have committed to being a Wake Forest Demon Deacon. However, your dad played for the North Carolina Tar Heels when Matt Brown was on his first stint in Chapel Hill. So why don't you tell me what the atmosphere is like or is going to be like in your home between you and your dad 
when it comes to the Demon Deacons and the North Carolina Tar Heels? What's that atmosphere like? Well, my my dad's a fan of me, so I'm sure he'll be pulling for me <laughs> way more than um, Carolina. But, you know, they're a strong team, and, you know, I'm confident in Wake Forest. You know, that's why I made my decision there. So, Good deal, and we're, and we're all proud of you, and I know your dad's proud of you for deciding to go to Wake Forest. Wake is an excellent school, and I'm going to stay on the same subject with you here. In another two weeks, there is a possibility that Wake Forest could be 3-0 and and the North Carolina Tar Heels could be 3-0. and There is a possibility. Excuse me, 2-0. and I'm sorry, 2-0, and 2-0. They both could be 2-0. and Excuse me. Now, Amani, I, I know I'm probably just asking a rhetorical question here, but <laughs> who do you presume would win that matchup of undefeateds between the Wake Forest Demon Deacons and the Mac Brown and his North Carolina Tar Heels? Wake Forest. Wake Forest, without a shadow of a doubt. Yes, sir. You heard it here first, folks, on the nest from Amani Marshall, that Wake Forest will win the matchup between the Demon Deeks and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Good deal. Good deal. Now, let me ask you something. Seriously, Amani, with Mac Brown being back, what do you think the Tar Heels' shots are at possibly winning an ACC title? Um, I guess their shots are as equal as any other team that put their mind to it. You know, okay. I don't really look at Carolina as a as taking over the AC, ACC. I don't see that. But I don't blame you. I don't see it either. <laughs> you know, but I am a huge Tar Heel fan. I ain't going to lie to you. Sure. I, love the, I love the Heels, and like your dad, I'm Tar Heel alumni as well, and I just want to see us do well. Coach, I got a question for you. Yep. Tar Heels, is Mac Brown good for ACC football and coming back? Did he make a mistake? What are your thoughts? No, I, th- I think Mac's going to, you know, it, it, it's definitely helped to have someone to have him come back. First of all, he's a great football coach, but he's a great person. He really is. He is. Um, he's a good person. I think he means well. You know, um, me and Amani keep laughing at each other. Some inside stuff here over here about the whole recruiting stuff. But, uh, you know, um, which I can promise you this, his dad and mom are totally Wake Forest people. But, um, <laughs> but you know, if you heard Mac speak after the, uh, after the game, my wife was sitting right over there. I was sitting there and we were watching it, and she she wasn't paying attention. But then all of a sudden, Mac, I don't know if you heard Mac, he kind of said something about his wife told me I had to start enjoying this, and Mac broke down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, uh, everybody thinks I'm a hard uh, I can, butt, I guess is the <laughs> word I got to say on the radio. Um, and I, I broke down my wife. She ain't paid attention to me all day, except for when she told me to do something, of course, the honeydew <laughs> list. She goes, are you over there crying? <laughs> she caught me busting a little tear. But I, I think Mac just brings an excitement. But uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm so happy with Wake Forest and Dave Clawson and what they've done. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we got Christian Bill over there, and now we got Imani over there. we got... You know, it's just exciting times here. But, you know, Mac's a great person. I hope they win every game except for when they play Wake Forest. Got you. Got you, Coach. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Dave Clawson has done a great job. And, Armani, I'm going to continue to follow you not only through the East Forsyth season, but also when you leave East Forsyth and you spread your wings away from the Eagles' nest. Sure. And I'm going to switch the subject one more time. Coach, let's move to the NFL, if you don't mind. I'm sure you guys have heard of – a uh, young lady by the name of Carly Lloyd. She's a soccer player who's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. She's also a two-time Women's World Cup champion. 
and she is the two-time FIFA Player of the Year. Now, rumor has it that she may try out in the NFL as a field goal kicker. They thought she was possibly going to do it this year, but rumor has it she's probably going to come out and do it next year. Coach, how do you feel about female football players in the NFL, in college, high school, on any level? It's very simple. If they can help me win a game, I'm all for it. Like next man up, next woman up, whoever it is. If you, if you can give me three points, one point, if you can throw the football, whatever you can do, uh, you know, that, that's that's what it's all about. Contribute some way, be a good person, and, and add to the team. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Hey. I, next woman up if it has to be. That's right. As long as she can produce, right? That's right. I heard that. Now, Armani, same question with you. How would you feel about having a female player on your team, whether in high school, college, or even at the pro level? How would you feel about that? I think it would be pretty cool, you know. Okay, pretty yeah, cool. Pretty cool. Now, you don't think anybody – now, what do you think – do you think some guys might try and take a cheap shot because there's a female plan, whether oh, yeah, they're trying definitely. to prove a point or what have you? What, what do you think other guys are thinking when there could be a female on the field playing ball? Well, I actually played with a girl uh, my junior midget year. It was eighth grade. Uh, mm -hmm. I played with the Pop Town Packers. We had a girl on our team. She was playing uh, defense, offense. She was tough, too. So, you know, it was guys taking cheap shots at her. But, you know, she was tough. She stayed in there. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. So, a female can do the same thing. It's no problem. Yes, sir. Sounds good to me, Coach. I'm in agreement with both you guys. I think if a female can produce it, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if she's female or whoever she is. If she can score points and, and you know, help the team win a football game, Hey, I invite her to come on out. But there are people out there who say that, you know, folks will take a cheap shot. You oh, know, folks may be, run yeah. into her and mm -hmm. intentionally try and hurt her. And, you know, there are some folks who are trying to protect her from there's, that end. There's no doubt about it. But if she's good, I'll, I'll, I'll draft her on my fantasy they, team in a heartbeat now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, Coach. I heard that. And I've got one last question. As you know, this here is Panthers country. The Carolina Panthers, and Dez is probably one of the biggest Panther fans that you guys will oh, ever God, see Oh, God, I hear him here. on the radio. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Tell me, how far do you guys think the Panthers can go in this NFC South division where they have, you know, the likes of the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, and, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of counting the Buccaneers out. But, you know, how, how do you think they're fair against the Atlanta Falcons and, and, and those Saints down in New Orleans? I tell you what, he's asking some tough questions today. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, these are some – I got my, my got some neighbors over here, too, that are here. They are – they're like Des. Everything <laughs> Panthers do is right, you know. And the Patriots are trying to hurt everybody. And Denver's trying to hurt, uh, you know. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I you know it it's, it all goes through Cam, you know, and if Cam's right. not healthy and he's not 100 percent, you know that that causes some problems. You know, if they have Cam, I think they they can do a lot of things as long as they still stay healthy with uh, McCaffrey and Olson. But even with those guys, if you don't have Cam Newton back there, I don't care what Des says or anything. You, they, they're they're going to have a long year. So. Hopefully Cam gets healthy because I want to see him do well. I really do. Being a Carolina guy now, I'm, I'm kind of down on my Packers right now anyway, so I'm kind of looking to jump ship a little bit. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. Who do you cheer for, Armani? Who do you cheer for? Oh, I watched uh, Houston Texans. Oh, you're a Houston yeah, Texans. Well, yeah. what do you think about Jadavion Clowney moving and going up to the Seattle was, Seahawks? That was weak. That was weak. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you would have rather have him stay at the Texans then, right? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Gotcha. All right. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, gentlemen, that is just about our time. Coach Todd Willard, I want to thank you for coming out. It's been a pleasure sitting across from you. Awesome. Amani. 
It's been a pleasure sitting across from you. I hope you guys have a great season. I look forward to you doing great things on the gridiron as well as off the field. And you guys continue to grow, continue to learn from Coach here. He has a wealth of knowledge. And good luck this Friday against the Mount Tabor Spartans. And before we go, is there anything that you guys want to share or anything that I may have left out that you just want to share and you want to say? I just want to give a shout-out to my O-line and my uh, defense for uh, getting the job done last week, you know. There it is. You heard it from Amani <laughs> giving it. a shout-out to the, the East Forsyth Fighting Eagles offensive football line and the defense. We appreciate you guys. Congratulations and good luck. And we will see you guys next week. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, right. guys. Yes, sir.